So I organise a conference, and I think, well, I'll, get, I'll have a platform for myself. No, this was meant to be Vic and Rob. Uh, those who know Vic and Rob won't be surprised to hear that they find catching the train quite difficult. Um, they uh, unfortunately missed their connection, which meant that we were left with a very, very big gap in our program. This was informed to me at quarter past eight this morning. Um, so I'm giving you a presentation that I, last time I looked at these slides were 18 months ago. So if I'm a little bit rusty, you really, really, really are going to have to forgive me. So please. You'll even see it says Prairie, um, Prairie Coffee Project. That was where I did it. I delivered this in Canada. So please, next. And I'm going to give this on service. Um, and people are going to say, kind of, how can I give this on service? Because I don't run a coffee shop or work in a coffee shop. But it's a little known fact that I actually, I am a 50% owner in 3FE Coffee, which is based in Dublin, which is kind of seen as somewhere that's doing a pretty good job. Um, and that's where lots of my experiences this are coming from. So the question when it comes to service is, what is good service? Um, and this can mean a whole heap of things to lots of different people. But for me, it means delivering the best product we can whilst demonstrating empathy with the customer's needs and putting them ahead of our, the needs of our own. And this is quite difficult in specialty coffee, as we have, a, we have some really important needs that we want to deliver all the time, but we have to put the needs of the customer above that. So, moving on. This is important. Empathising with the customer's needs and putting them ahead of our own. And I'm going to kind of reiterate these points that I feel are really important. Next slide. I want to introduce you to somebody. His name is Charlie Marin. Um, and this is Charlie. He loves that photo. Well, we should really put the proper photo of him up. This is my stepdad. Um, he put up with me as a terrible teenager. And those who know me now, I was full of more energy and did more crazy things back then. So he's a very tolerant man. But he's also a really good case study. So he runs a pub. He likes real ale and craft beers. Enjoys malt whiskey. Enjoys good food. Has money in his pocket and loves to escape the pub environment. As he's working in it every day, he likes to go somewhere that isn't work. He looks pretty much like an ideal customer for us. He likes to taste things. He obviously has an appreciation of things of taste because of all the things that he enjoys. But there's a problem. What are his needs? What does he need as a customer? Next slide. And again. They need to be served a drink. This is what we quite often forget with our customers when we're putting together coffee shops that are offering multi-roaster offerings and offering multi-coffees. A lot of the time, our customers just want something that is tasty and to drink. Next slide. And again. So what do your customers want? Because these are quite different to needs. They want it to be wet, and they'd quite like it to be hot and maybe tasty and delicious. But it's normally in that order. Next slide. If you deliver their, want, their needs and their wants, you can deliver more for free. So you can actually deliver your needs on top of those. And the next slide. So what are our needs as coffee shop professionals, as baristas? Well, 
I think it's pretty easy that we want to deliver the best product that we can. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by not educating the customer. And this is something I kind of learned from Mr. Hoffman um, from uh, your talk in Dublin at the Twisted Pepper. And I felt it was something that was really interesting. So really, I've just rehashed his presentation. So how many times do you go into a coffee shop and see somebody trying to drive home the needs of the coffee shop? So this is, you know, I'm going to rinse your palate. I'm going to do all of these things. Um, if you do that to Charlie, he won't be very happy. Moving on. So another way not to educate the customer by lecturing. And we kind of have seen this in coffee shops where people are preachy by saying over and over, by saying over and over, talking is not teaching. And this is something that quite often forgotten in the coffee shop environment. And hitting the customer over the head with what we want is not a great way of retaining customers and helping them enjoy tasty coffee. So this is something that we implemented in 3FE. Uh, very, very simple sign that went on the wall that said, ask us about Cascara. And then we did another one, ask us about Pacamaras. Ask us about decaf, why we don't do decaf. We actually do do decaf now, but that's another conversation. Ask us why we have smaller cups. So we popped these signs all over the shop. And what happened was customers would come in and go, can I have a coffee, please? And they didn't want educating. They were definitely there just for a coffee. But a lot of them came in and went, what's Cascara? Because people are really good at doing what signs tell them to do. This was an immediate indicator that these people might be a little bit more interested in being educated about coffee, because they're asking. They're, they're giving you permission to kind of hit them over the head with that knowledge and to repeat over and over again. Now, when I did this, I also had red shoes on the stage, and I kind of didn't think I was doing it today, so they're black, not red. But that was a funny joke when it was in Canada. So, <laughs> moving on, we have to be careful. So, we have to be careful that we don't kind of go too far with this. Starbucks did a part where they started to write names on cup and there was a big uproar about why does Starbucks want to know my name? And people can take these indicators as being uh, a little bit kind of too intrusive to them. And um, we have to be very careful how we use this. And when I did this presentation, I also talked about how has been is a little bit different. So, we don't have the, you know, the opportunity to, um, to kind of have signs on the wall. So I have email. Email is my nemesis. Roland will inform you that whenever I get emails, I cry a little bit inside. Uh, it got to the point where I got 500 emails every day of people asking me, what's the best coffee to have after dinner? And it got really hard. Um, but I have to try and, I try and have to engage customers in a different way. But what is good service? So again, going back, delivering the best product we can while demonstrating empathy with the customer's needs and putting them ahead of our own. And we actually have some good things in our favor. One more. And again, there we go. Good coffee actually tastes nice. It's really good. And most people like nice things. I don't know about you, but if I have something tasty, it's really good. And I don't need the education with it to know that it's tasty. Um, 
James talked about whiskey in his presentation. You know, you can go and have a whiskey and not be bashed over the head with how uh, complicated it is. People like things that taste nice. People like good coffee. We don't need to get preachy about it for people to enjoy the product that we're doing. So some things that we did at 3FE to give good service without, uh, without actually hitting people over the head with information. These are very small incremental changes that we made in the shop. By dropping screens uh, and blocks hourly to keep the machine clean. By flushing the machine every time that we use it. A clean milk jug. These are small, tiny, incremental things that make the product that we'd have better. So what is good service? Again, delivering the best product we can by keeping our shops clean, by making tasty coffee, by keeping on top of all of the small incremental changes that we have and putting the customer's needs ahead of our own. So I, what, what, I did, what they asked me to do when I delivered this in Canada was to uh, give some examples of good coffee shops and things that were done well. And I thought I'd be really British and come up with the bacon butty. This is uh, Bold Street Coffee that is in Liverpool, uh, in Bold Street, funnily enough, in the city centre. Uh, owned by Sam Towell, who uh, is uh, an inspiration to me and to Colin on the way that we run 3FE. Um, and why am I talking about the bacon butty? Well, what they did was they... Just back one. Sam came up with the idea that when he took over the shop, it was a greasy spoon. So he took over a coffee shop that was very much builder's tea, greasy spoon. And he didn't want to lose those customers that came in every day because they had money in their pocket and they were very valuable customers. He also didn't want to be a greasy spoon. He wanted to offer great coffee. So what he did, he came up with the bacon butty where he's found a baker locally that did amazing bread. And when I say amazing bread, it's phenomenal. And then he found a local farmer that was, he was 15 miles away from the shop that was making the best bacon you've ever tasted in your life. And then they were making their own ketchup. And what we had was the best bacon butty you could possibly do. Um, while maintaining amazing coffee skills and an amazing um, coffee offering, so all the things that he wanted to do, wanted to offer single origin, wanted to offer Aeropress, Chemex, all the things that we like to offer our customers, but also keeping those customers that came in that wanted a bacon butty. And it gave him an opportunity to have the conversation with the customer about tasty coffee. Because you know what? People like things that are tasty. Moving on. And then I came across the French version. So we have a few coffee shops that we supply uh, in Paris. And uh, one of them in particular is called Telescope. Uh, this is Telescope here. Um, David doesn't, uh, no longer works there, but uh, it's an amazing coffee shop. Those who go to Paris, you must go visit. It's very near to the Louvre. And they will give you amazing coffee. But they have a very tiny workspace. And when I say tiny, it really is very, very small. And they were looking for their bacon butty, something they could do exceptionally well while maintaining the things that they want. They wanted to bring in customers that would want to eat, but they had no kitchen. What you see there is their workspace. They have a tiny bar just behind that. So they bought a toaster. Doesn't sound very imaginative. But with this toaster, they found an amazing bacon. Now, if you go to Paris, you can find amazing bakers everywhere. But they also found amazing preserve and amazing butter and cared about the toast that they did. And it's the best toast I've ever eaten in my life. 
I didn't realize you could make toast gourmet, but they kind of managed to. And this was just a, a way that they made themselves stand out in a very small space working with the facilities that they had. They empathized with their customers' needs and put them ahead of their own. I love you all dearly because you didn't boo or jeer. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right. Who, uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Who has some questions? Someone got some questions? Come on. Don't be shy. You did so well before. Any questions at all? I'm good with no questions. It's fine. I obviously did a very good presentation that he did knowing no more questions. What, what's has been bacon butty? In my mug. In my mug? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that we've differentiated ourselves on, I think, doing video content, kind of communicating with the customers, making it more open. That's kind of the way that we've done it there. Three FEs, one, I think is more about coffee-focused on doing, you know, you can choose your espresso and we don't blink, um, and having a, a variable price menu. Um, but yeah, it's. I think every business has its own unique little thing, um, and it's finding out what that unique thing is and building on it and making it the thing that you're known for um, is, is really powerful. I would agree. Last chance, last call. Okay, this one, good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hi, hi Steve. In your presentation, you talked about uh, Starbucks asking customers their names. Uh, what was the outcome? Did people like uh, their name to be known or not? What was the general feeling? I think from that, it was a very negative kickback from uh, from the press in particular. But I, that's always an opportunity to Starbucks bash. So, um, but I think it was quite negative that people didn't like that prying. You know, we have to be very careful and read the signs of when a customer wants to be told something about the coffee and read the signs when they just want that tasty coffee because we run the risk of scaring off people uh, like my stepdad who if you start talking to him about varietals he will run away you know and he will never come back to your shop ever again so it's really important that we understand where the boundaries are with our customers but certainly Starbucks had a very negative kickback from that I think people like their name to be known from the independent shop. They don't like big corporation Starbucks knowing their name. <laughs> and I think it's a paranoia. We're like, we give away so much information about ourselves. You know, you only have to follow somebody on Twitter to know how many times they go to the toilet every day. But we're scared to tell Starbucks our name. Um, and I think that's just the, the whole corporate machine thing that can get a little bit scary for people. Any more? Ooh, up the back. Don't run, James. You're not well. Steve, um, so when you implemented the signs at 3FE, what kind of response did you get from the customers? Did you get a lot of people coming and asking questions about that? Well, I uh, think and also, secondly, um, do you think there's any better ways that you could do it? Uh, I mean, that, that's definitely a way we don't use anymore because I think you can overuse something and you have to understand something has a lifespan. Um, and the signs definitely went past their lifespan. Um, the... I think 3FE is quite a unique place in lots of ways as it's very much a focal point for the Irish uh, the Irish specialty coffee market. Um, you know, it's one of the few shops people know about in Dublin, although Dublin has this very vibrant scene. Um, and even with that high percentage of customers that are highly engaged and highly interested, I would say 
5% of people actually asked what Cascara was or asked what Pacamara was. But the beauty of that was those were normally the people that were too scared to ask anything. So they'd come in and go, can I have a coffee, please? And, and we'd think they were people that just wanted the coffee because it's very difficult to read the signs of the people who are nervous and are shy. Um, and it gave us an opportunity to engage those people. And they've become the biggest advocates of what we do there by you know, the, the, giving them the encouragement and uh, the ability and, you know, to ask us more and more questions. And then you know, they start shouting a lot more. All right, well, no more questions. Let's all say thank you so much to Steve Layton for a great presentation. Thank you.